Battle Line Podcast, very special. Uh, special. I, I'll keep that in there just to show that I'm a dumbass sometimes. Very special guest coming on for this episode, Chris Dutch Moyer, who we've been meaning to have on for a while, and it's just the way things turn out sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't know why we're a hundred something episodes in and, and we're finally getting them on, but we are. We recorded it. It was a great discussion. I think you guys are gonna enjoy it. Before we get to that, I, I'm recording this in advance. We're, well, we're recording this in advance. So this might be the very last few days you could do this, if it even is still up. And that's the Copper Ticket, which is a contest for Fort Scott Munitions. Um, Fort Scott manufactures patented match-grade ammunition from solid copper and brass-spun SCS SBS rod that is designed to tumble upon impact TUI. It leaves devastating wound channels and soft tissue for faster bleed out and swift incapacitation. In a climate with increasing demand for tactical readiness, Fort Scott Munitions is expanding to deliver unmatched results to the tactical training industry. FSM training offers live fire ranges, modular simulation ranges, 120 silos for repelling, and facilities for scenario-based training. In partnership with Battleline Tactical, FSM's training's grand opening is launching on May 6th and 7th via an exclusive Copper Ticket event. The Copper Ticket is an all-inclusive two-day carbine and pistol course, close to $4,000 worth of FSM TUI ammo, lodging, food, and travel, all included. Bunch of co-sponsors come in there, guys like Hank Strange, Tactical Shit, Guns Out TV, Jesse Fenley, ton of people. Um, but yeah, this is a contest where you can't really pay to get in. You would have to receive one of those copper tickets. And the way that you do that is simply by buying ammo at fortscottmunitions.com. The link is right there in the description. And uh, I think if, if it's not already over, these are the last few days to do it. So get on it. I will be there. I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited to train with you and uh, see we'll, what you we'll do have best. Fun. We'll have fun. It'll be a great time out there. And, and yeah, I, I believe there's still one still left out there. I, I don't think it was it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I don't think the Russians faked a ticket. And and that's not saying because the Russians going on right now. It has, it has to do with the actual movie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I just want to point yeah. that out. But I, I believe there's still one ticket left out there. So, yeah, uh, go get your cases of fortune. But will it be out there when this goes up? It might be. Well, today. it may be that out there. Big. It's out there as we record this. So um, sure. if you find it. Before you listen to it, why, you know, before this episode actually comes out, congratulations. You'll see my face on a video congratulating you. But if, you know, if not, get those cases of Fort Scott Munitions and you'll find that, that copper ticket. And, and you're going to have fun. We have, we'll have a great time out. There's going to be a blast. It'll be an experience. Yeah. And regardless, you could use our promo code BATTLELINE at fortscottmunitions.com and you're going to get 15% off their excellent merchandise and all their other great stuff. All right. With that, we're going to get right into this. Chris Dutch Moyer. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. 
Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The Switch is on, Battle Line Podcast, on with us, very special guest, uh, longtime friend of Chris, guy that I got to meet at SHOT Show pretty briefly that we've been really meaning to have on probably since the origin yeah, of this yeah, podcast, and sometimes it's just, it's hard to get everybody on, and, and we're he glad- He kept ducking us, dude. Chris. He's like, fuck you guys. No, fuck that, you guys. I, fuck I you haven't guys. been in touch. It, it's, uh, it's Chris Dutch Moyer, <laughs> Army Ranger, JSOC operator, served in the unit. Uh, we, we always talk about that, you know, what do we uh, say? Tactical instructor with a uh, DCM consulting. Uh, and yeah, what were you going to say? Let's get right into it. Yeah. That. Okay. So we, what are we talking about? Let's, we're talking about what should we say? What is the proper thing to say when you have a guy from the unit? Come on. When you have a guy, when you have a D boy, come on. We, I don't want to say them all. Can I say them all? No, just go ahead. Go ahead. You, you do. Yeah, I, it's your show. You <laughs> but you, say but you are the special VIP guest. So I'm the, oh, it's so special. <laughs> so no. Thanks for having me. Let's start now. It's, it's our honor, Thanks brother. so much for having honor. me. Uh, yeah, and Chris and I, you know, we go way back. We go, you know, that we do have somebody that is tight, that we have a common, that yeah. back in 95 no, no. when I first went to basic training, I didn't know this. Andy Phipps and I were in basic training. He's still one of my best friends. And I know he's like, I was like, he just, he's like, I go, do you know, do you know Dutch more? He goes, Fuck yeah, I know. Because Andy's still a police sergeant in Des Moines. I just talked to him a couple weeks ago. We still talk. Nice. And I didn't know Andy, you know, Andy was a blade. He's the, he's the only, he, he could run his fuck eyes. The one guy I couldn't beat in the two mile. And I was fast. That dude was a fucking gazelle. But I don't know. It's, it's just, uh, I didn't know we even had that connection from back in the 90s. He's like, yeah, I was, because I don't know if you were privates or you were a team leader when he came in or vice versa. But I mean, that was a long time ago, dude. I mean, we're dating. Yeah, I was just ahead, just slightly ahead of him, 94. 93 so, and he came in in 95 yeah, yeah. but i thought that was pretty cool it's like fuck yeah all right well andy knows no, no. so that's super cool um, um hey, uh yeah so your show yes you say what you want <laughs> i tell everyone what i ask everyone and a lot of not everyone knows it but I, pretty much everybody does i say hey what's the first rule fight don't talk about fight club and that's pretty much where i sit right there <laughs> now they're there have been some dudes that have said some things that probably may have been over-exaggerated. There's other guys that don't say anything. There's other guys that let everyone else assume. You can – so everybody out there can assume. That's, can you hear that dog? I, but it's good. It, it's your, it's your dog, dude. Come guy. on. You're, you're, you're in yeah, Fight Club. you got to have dogs around Fight Club. That's just how it works. So it's not my – well, no, it doesn't matter. It's not my Is dog. It, whose dog? My dog would be different, but that my dog, you would have to ha- obey that sign. Actually, I would. That was true. Yeah, what, what's the deal? You would have your dog disciplined right now. That dog is not disciplined at all. So if it was a, if if, if I was remotely away from the animal, I would zap it with an electric <laughs> collar. Or if it was a problem, it would have a collar on it already that says "Do not bark." Do not, it works, man. It, Apparently, it's doing what it's doing. Eh, dogs will be dogs. What can we do? This is this is the beauty of podcasts and the realism of not being in an actual studio. Which I actually studio. I think sometime. I think it'll probably quit. Well, okay. Somebody just stepped on it. Did you hear it? 
Hey, Ian, are you going to be okay? I don't mind it, but Ian. Oh, I don't uh, care at all. Yeah. The only time I've ever had a dog in studio actually was uh, Mike Ritland would bring his dog in studio, oh, but that dog was very well behaved because it's Mike Ritland. So. Well, well, hopefully, you know, it, hopefully they'll they'll shut the. No, I I, I think it adds to like you said the realism of what we do. We're, it's like what are you in a kennel, bro? <laughs> and the, <laughs> just to everybody let let everybody know to get a visual of Dutch's air. He's got a cool ass radio. That is awesome. Is that real? Is that or is that a re, is that a remake? Is that is that a that's a real deal? Oh. It's a real deal. So when I was uh, when I was doing nothing as a young man, I used to collect radios. Uh, wow, and that's much louder than before. <laughs> uh, I used to collect radios, and I have uh, had a couple stand ups. I have that nineteen twenties right there. Wow. I have a fifties uh, Bakelite. Um, I have some other stuff like that, so it's holy uh, crap. Yeah, it was my thing. How much are those things oh worth now? Damn, I have no idea. But you see, there's a t- there's a right there, right at the top. Yeah, I was moving one time, and there, oh, something went through the fabric. So. Oh shit, dude! Uh, but it does it does work though. Yeah, it's, it's all AM. It does work. So. That's I tell guys that serve, and especially guys special operations community. Ian knows this. I'll We are an eclectic bunch. Everybody thinks that we just like guns and stuff. Blow. It's like no, dude. guys love yeah, antiques. The, yeah. I love architecture, dude. I I will I will literally walk around old places just to see the architect. I love ornate old school architecture but anyway have you been so and i know your career has spanned you uh has a little bit pushed you across the globe oh. have you been to Beirut? yeah i actually haven't been to Beirut. i didn't get to go to lebanon that's one place i was not lucky enough to to get to i wish i would have yeah when you talk about ancient architecture there you know one of there's a there's a river that comes yep. down it's uh north of the embassy area it's called river of the dog Nar okay. and there's a it's not always wet, obviously, because it's Beirut, but uh, it spills right into the Mediterranean there. And there, there is uh, aqueducts. Wow. Still standing. I mean, there, there's aqueducts all over the place there. Uh, there's all kind of uh, temples and whatnot. Wow. There's it, This is fantastic pieces of architecture that have been you know there for uh, thousands of and years. People, so people really cool. need to see that. I mean, until you can't see it anymore. That's what I, I, I really feel bad for Afghanistan as far as – most people will never get to see the just just the raw beauty of that country. I mean, it. it yeah. I mean, it's savage, man. There's, it's. I call it the savage beauty. It is. It's just gorgeous of just the, just the, just even just a normal fucking building and the way they do it. That's. It's with the mud huts with building four stories. And they don't have scaffolding. They're putting little pieces of trees to to stand. It's like how the shit are they doing? But it's it's amazing. To me, it's just and Chris. Speaking of architectural beauty, where where are you in a hotel? No, this is this is the where the magic happens. Dude. This is my bedroom right here. So this this is it, right? Were you a minimalist? I, there's nothing I, on the I, wall. We, there's nothing. I have my yeah. There's nothing at all. And, and he's been in there longer than I've been it's probably here. A big we're, we're actually, being, probably a big mirror. Up me, oh, that's I did. I've been trying to get the big sex mirror in here, and my wife keeps telling me no. I just can't. <laughs> she won't let me Wait, put it. We're, anywhere. we're actually like. We're on the verge of, you know, getting like the video happening and all that. So yeah, I've been saying this. I will move. I'm getting close up there. That that uh, like in the wild behind me, we're gonna have like a battle line like that. So yeah, we're we're, video's gonna be happening. I have I have my old man massage chair right there. That's what I get in after. Looked like a rucksack from it did. It just like, but it's that thing is money well spent to keep this old ass body still out there able to run. But I'm glad you noticed my minimalist uh, room. All I need is a bed and a massage chair. 
Got some weights over here in the corner. You can't see, but that's it. I'm good to go. In fact, what am I? I'm sitting on. This is what I do. My my thing. I sit. It's a weight bench. I'm just prop it up. So, but I will eventually talk my wife into getting a sex mirror somewhere on the wall. I, I want it on that wall over there. But it's not. I don't know if she's ever going to go for it. All right, that's enough. I just yeah. I, I want to record our love. That's just she won't let me do it. It's just unbelievable. That's because you know what happens when people record stuff; it stays out there yeah, forever. Yeah, that's it. She, yeah, my wife's smarter than I am. Of course she is. But anyway, hey, hey, guys, just so you know, Dutch, long career in the army. Um, I should say the military, but yes, the army. Yeah, brother, tell them just so people that don't know you, people in the community know who the fuck you are. I mean, it's, it's, and you're out there. And if you're an instructor, people know who you are because you are, in my opinion, one of the top instructors out there that still does the dynamic training that I believe needs to, not just the static shit. You get guys out there moving, which as you know, before you even start shooting, you're going to move and, and then you start shooting. It has nothing to do with you static. And, no, I appreciate so, um, but yeah, appreciate that. Thank you. Of course. Yeah, but the, the, the movement piece is funny. I just did a post the other day, uh, uh, Dutch Chris Moyer actual is our IG page. I just did a post on the mind body connection and you have to be able to, you know, it's part of the whole psychological piece. So th- th- you have to, so all, I tell all these people, right? If you're going to strap a gun on, whether it's a rifle or a pistol, it doesn't, I don't care what it is, but you're going to strap something on, you immediately become a gunfighter yep. somewhere. What are you looking for? You're looking to defend or you're looking to attack. It doesn't matter, but you've become a gunfighter. Now, so many law enforcement officers don't believe they're gunfighters as soon as they put their, yeah. their kid on. So many support folks don't know that they're gunfighters. You know, it's not just for the 11 Bravos. Yeah. It's just not for the 18 series guys. Um, and long story short, um, you got to have the psychological piece that I will survive. I will win. I am going to you know compete in this world we call uh, in this sure. little battlefield we call life and i'm going to win and then that 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 belongs to the mind body connections too especially when you get into physical fitness training and blah 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 blah. and i really want to choke the life out of that little animal right now um <laughs> it's funny you, could, you may not be able to hear as much as i do right now and i hope it no, doesn't translate but, but it, it actually it actually is going it, it, kind of it, it fits great but it's also yeah keep going back to because i think it adds a little bit more humor to the show and obviously <laughs> i'm not humorous and, and ian you know he's dry as hell ian's ian's the funny guy of the bunch here not me but That's no it, but it, all it's, right. it's all right it's actually work i know it's bugging the shit out of you but it's not it's fantastic. It's not coming across. I'll be able to ignore it here in a Good second. Uh, you asked about my career. For those of you who don't know, you know, I am I am Dutch Chris Moyer. Uh, Dutch was a nickname that's uh, been blasted onto me quite some time ago when I was in Panama by my platoon chart, and it sticks. Um, uh, 31 years in the United States Army, 26 in Special Operations Command. Before that, I was an armored crewman back when I was uh, fighting the Russian horde at the Fulda Gap. Way back in the day, because I joined the army back in 1981. Did you really? Uh, did, yes, I didn't know yes, that. I, yeah, what? 81. So, yeah, so what, how the fuck? And you didn't end up to battalion for 12 years later. 12, what, when did you get first? Yeah, so wow. Well, recruitment. Yeah, okay, okay, dude, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. the, tell me, tell me the story. I fuck, I had no idea. You don't look a day over 77, dude. You look beautiful. <laughs> right. <laughs> So you guys, people out there doing a quick math, uh, 57, uh, wow. 58 in September. Holy shit. Um, so September 11th is a funny thing. Cause that's my birthday. Wow. Uh, wow. Which always, all this comes back into this. I think it all comes back in the same. Sure. Story. And long story short, yeah, 81 joined the army. Um, my first days in the army are 82. So I graduated high school in 82. Two weeks later, I was in basic training in 
Fort Knox, Kentucky. Wow. I did the arm recruitment thing, the M60A1 and M60A3 series tanks oh, back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then the, you know, the American's mission then was, you know, it was a peacetime army, but America's mission then was uh, the folder gap. It was really to stop the Russian horde from invading into the Western Europe. Uh, so uh, that's what we did. And uh, I liked that stuff, right? I was a big fan of Lightning Warfare, Blitzkrieg, stuff like that. And I, I studied Patton and Rommel sure. when I was a kid. Right. I did my term papers on those guys uh, as a high schooler. And I joined the Army, did what I wanted to do, and then realized that the Army in the 80s was a lot of the organizations were leaderless. Okay. They really were. They were bad. And as, and I, I was 21 years old when I got out of the Army the first time, and I realized – that there was no leaders here and I wanted to just bail. I couldn't stand these kids. Uh, I got out, okay. stayed affiliated with national guard units. So I went straight to the 19th special okay. forces group out of camp Dawson. Okay. West Virginia. Yeah. I also, I also did a, I did a stint here in Pennsylvania uh, as a uh, armor crewman at a national guard thing too. Uh, I thought this was stupid. I wanted to be SF guy. So I went to camp Dawson thought I could be an SF guy. They lost all my paperwork. I rejoined the army later and they said I was going to be a mechanized guy. I said, I don't want to be mechanized during the basic training process, which is really funny to me. I was, I figured I'd have to go through the whole thing, you know, yeah. the whole basic AIT, the whole yeah. deal. So here I find myself in Fort Benning as an infantryman, but I saw on a piece of paper that I was going to be 11 Mike. And I'm like, Hey, Hey everybody. Hey, anybody who's listening. I already done this before. I've already been a mechanized guy. I don't want to be a mechanized guy. Any chance we can change this. So one of the uh, more senior dudes said, well, obviously you're more mature than these sure. other cats and blah, blah, blah. So come down below. I went downstairs in the 30th AG changed my contract immediately. Wow. And, and got a Ranger contract and then straight, straight to uh Ranger or sorry, Air AIT airborne, uh, uh, rip. rip. Yeah, at the time back yep. then. I, yeah. I remember. I remember. Yep. And then, and then, uh, made my way to first bat. So there I was. So they didn't make you go through basic training again. Those fuckers made me go. Through, oh yeah, made me go the through real, it again. The real funny part. The real Super funny part bitch. was all that. Yeah. So I'm in the basic training element, and we're going through. What they tell me said, look, we have some of your paperwork, but we've lost other pieces of your paperwork. So you don't have basic rifle marksmanship. Oh, this, no. Essentially, what I was going to do is going to I was just going to transfer over from a 19 series okay. to 11 series. Okay. So most of the time, excuse me, most of the time, all you have to do, right, is go to AIT again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just transfer. Well, so they had no no basic rifle marksmanship training. So I had to go through a basic training portion, portion sure. um, which was uh, honestly very funny to me. Uh, they called me the kids. They called me the specialist. There was no other specialist in there. And I was 26, 27 years old. Um, and I knew all about drone ceremony that they needed to know. And we, I would go out and train them in DNC. I was on the advanced uh, PT teams, you know, blah, yep. blah, blah. And then uh, at nighttime, the one drill sergeant would say, you got to check your locker, check your locker. We'd, we'd turn around and, and have to, you have yep. to, you grab your lock, check your lockers, right. and then he'd say, prepare to mount, go to bed. <laughs> check your lockers, and this went on, right? And then you'd jump into bed, and they'd say, lights out, go. When the lights were out, I'd go into the bathroom and do flutter kicks, push-ups, yeah, yeah. uh, stuff like that. And then I, you know, the days, during the day, I would help out the other kids. But one of the drill sergeants hated me. He really did. He, just, he despised me. Another drill sergeant saw that I was a soldier and said, you know, you're good. Just go ahead and work out and do your thing. And yeah. Uh, 
long story short, it was, uh, it was quite an adventure. Uh, finally got rid of the basic rifle marksmanship part and then went to AIT. So I switched over to a whole other organization there gotcha. at Fort Benning. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the starships were, you know, what are those called? The, the, uh, the I, training training brigades. They are the, all, all the different battalions. And, and yeah, you went through and they actually still had AIT and they didn't, hadn't been the OSET training yet. Right. The, where they, you stayed at yeah. the same spot. And, and well, that, I think those guys stay there. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I got into a AIT group. And there was like thirteen of us then. Okay. So then that was made it much easier. And yeah, that's that was I, I, I that going through basic because I had to do that whole damn thing again. They fucking suckered me, man. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, it it, it is different because you do you you going back and and I, I remember that being the same thing. I, the drill sergeants actually turned shit over to me because I'd already been at battalion when I got I shouldn't say booted out, but I, I got asked to leave the army because of the shit I did. Um, during uh to uh to who my wife was cheating but never mind anyway, it's not a whole nother story it's a whole nother story it's, it's it's you can read the range away guys that's my prom- selfless promotion for the read book you can find out what it is. but anyway going back into again it, it 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 was yeah it was it was it was like dude drill sergeant's just making me do everything it's like fuck guys but the good thing is, is when ait did hit because i had to do every they let me have the nights off. That was what was beautiful. It was like, I'm going to tell this dog to show. Yeah, I think you should just go choke this shit. Choke it out. Just go choke it out. So, I mean, if there's no the break in here, you can edit this thing later. Uh, wait, are we going to get, sorry, ASPC. I'm not just kidding. I love animals. I love no, I dogs. I love this little dog, and, but. Uh, he's just doing what dogs need, do, being a pain in the ass. I need to hit the mute button and then go over and say, shut up. <laughs> Whatever we're going to do. But. but. <laughs> Are you in a? Do you think that'll work? For I will, it'll work. Maybe, fine. Yeah. But, right. but did you find now? This is my because because going through twice, I did see a difference in how difficult basic. The first time I went through ninety five, to me that was what I thought basic training was. The first day I was there, the drill sergeant smacked the living crap Great out question. of me in New York. Yeah, man. The second yeah. time I went through, which was just mine, was just four years later. It was softer. It was. I mean, it was. It was. It was much longer than four years later. Yeah. And yeah. Did you? Yeah. So, what, did you see? Was there a difference? Because I do think it's getting easier and easier and easier because of political correctness. Because of everybody yep. gets a trophy, yep. even in the infantry stands. Yeah. What What did you see, man? Because I'm sure yours was in the 80s. I can't even imagine. I, I'd like to know some stories. Do you have a good story from the 80s too? I got a lot yeah, of stories. So 82, 82 was Fort Knox, Kentucky. Almost every one of the drill sergeants was a Vietnam veteran. Holy shit. That's some mean, that's some meanness coming at you. Oh my God. That's our Merrill was 20. He was uh Hawaii. What's that? 25th. I think that's 25th. Yeah, it's 25th. I had a second ACR guy, Sergeant First Class O'Reilly. Uh, oh. uh, a guy named Forrestell was uh, 101st Airborne. Wow. And who knows? Maybe he fought on Hamburger. You might have. I don't even wow. know. Wow. Vietnam you know? 101st. Yeah. And wow. so <laughs> it, it was a funny thing, though. Uh, first arm Peterson was a Vietnam guy. Um, and yes, fire guard was a thing, right? Yeah. Cause you could smoke in the barracks. There's, that's where you could smoke in the barracks. You can't smoke anymore. Well, I don't even when they even stopped that, but you can't <laughs> uh, that, years ago. Right. I mean, that was years ago. That's like dinosaur shit. And there was, there were butt cans in the barracks. You could smoke and throw the, that's why you had fire guard. Um, you had to, if you didn't make your bed properly, it was going out the window. And then you were obviously you're running down going there to go retrieve it. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, 
and O'Reilly, the, he was the, 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 the way I remember it, right? He was the senior drill instructor, senior drill sergeant, and he would stand by the CQ desk and you would have to range walk almost everywhere he went. They didn't want you to run. I'm not understanding. I don't really get that, but it doesn't matter. It's just a discipline. Yeah, thing. I remember that. And if you were, if he could perceive that you were running, he would punch people in the right in the solar plexus and they would just lay there and you would have to walk over top of them to get into formation. Right. And it was some good, it was some really good stuff, man. I mean, it was, I loved, I, I, I first, at first I hated it. Oh, I couldn't stand it. You know, here I'm a kid. I, I told the, oh, I told the drill sergeants I wanted to quit. I'm leaving. And then uh, later on, I, I loved it. I, I became a platoon guide, uh, sang the songs, uh, walked the men back and forth to wherever we went. And it was, I do, and I do. I I think it is necessary. I I, I the ninety fives. I'm glad I went through. I, I mean, I, we they weren't punching anybody. They said, "Well, that first day there, that kid from New York City that smartered off to our senior drill, and he was a former first bat guy, tabbed out, and, and uh, Drill Sergeant Charles is, was his name. I I just remember a blink of an eye, he came around the desk, and he, I and what I mean, it was a full on linebacker Lawrence Taylor, and that kid went and. I didn't think that shit happened anymore. And I'm sitting there because I'm one of the senior guys. I'm, I'm an older guy. I'm 26 at the time when I went through. And I'm, did, don't think my eyes didn't just, holy fuck. Did that just happen? And the kid was actually on on um, what they call profile because he had a hit pointer. Where he landed, he hit another desk and he had a hit pointer. But believe me, I was P's and Q's. And you're right. At the beginning, I was like, what the fuck did I sign up for? But towards the end of it. Yep. I, I was a platoon guide as well. I was singing the songs. I, I loved it. And I actually, I'm still think those are to me, those drill sergeant Hardney, drill sergeant Charles, drill sergeant Graham. And that first, I love all those guys. They fucking are, yeah, are just unbelievable leaders. Some of the best leaders. You remember those names, right? How do I pick these I, names? Out? I don't, I can't remember. I do I seen last week <laughs> and now I'm picking names out of dudes that, I, that formed my, you know, my young skull full of mush back in 1982. <laughs> you know, that's, that's crazy, right? But they made a huge difference. Impact. Um, uh, Forstell, the first day, you know, you're stressed. You're you a couple of days of buildup, uh, whatever. They march us in the heat. You know, it's June oh, yeah. in, in Kentucky. It's hot. Okay. Anyway, we get into this uh, this big uh, briefing room, whatever, and and it's hot. And like, I'm falling asleep. I'm falling asleep. I'm falling. Asleep. <laughs> oh shit! And Forstell pulls me out, and he. And he gets me outside. And he goes, and he's talking to me. Do you know who that was? That's First Sergeant Peterson. You fought for him. He fought alongside God in Vietnam. And I'm, these are these are direct quotes. And he goes, "How many push-ups can you do?" I'm like, "I don't know, Drill Sergeant." Well, we're going to find out. That's so awesome. We're going to find out how many push-ups you can do, stud. And I'm on my face, you know, all day. And I'm like, uh, "This is a great start. Good job, there, man. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Way to go." <laughs> but it's it's such a fucking care. You think back, like, man, I'm glad I I'm glad I got my ass smoked up. I got my ass smoked up a few times, and and right. I got my ass smoked up down the line when I became platoon guide for my platoon fucking up. And we still, I I don't know if you did. And I'll say that out there. The first time I went through, yeah, we did have. Our drill sergeant, I remember drill sergeant, drill sergeant Hardney saying this, and he went later to become commander of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. That's how disciplined this motherfucker, nice. that dude was disciplined. Um, and, and I admire, and he, but he looked like Satan. He was Satan, complete devil with the, just tall, tall African-American, tall black dude that I love to death. But that dude looked like Satan. Just I like Jesus. I don't like you're, you're, you scare the shit out of me, drill sergeant. But I remember when we couldn't get a guy to pass physical he, we couldn't pass his pt he was the only guy in the platoon that could towards the end we're getting towards the end you gotta get past pts 
the, the physical training standards to, to, to graduate. Drill Sergeant Harney says, we're done. We've done all you can. Now it's up to you guys. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, it's up to you guys to get this guy fucking squared away. And if he goes, if you don't, that's on you guys. You're your ass. And this was this is straight out of full. It is. It's like, right? it is. It's like, gee, okay. Um, what do we do? Drill start. He goes, I don't know. What do you do? It's like, fuck. And I'm sitting there with the other squad leaders and they're all, all these guys. And they are, they're all were studs. One went to become a, uh, uh, XO battalion. The other one became, I think he's still in a Lieutenant Colonel. Um, just tremendous guys. Um, but it was literally, he was telling us blanket party or take this guy and you, you, you fix him up, you tool him up to make sure. And, it, it, I, I, we did. I'm going to lie. We fucking went. It's like, dude, you are fucking up this platoon. And we took him and we took turns tooling him up uh, in the back bathroom, in the back bathroom. Cause the drill sergeants left. They all, they all took off. They're like, we're leaving for the night. Take care of this. And they all left. And this was towards the end of basic training. And yeah, I, to say that, no, I, I'm proud. Of, I, <clears throat> it's just something that, that, uh, that, you know, at that time, it's like, man, dude, what do we do? I, I don't get what are they telling us that we need to really tool this guy? And 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 it wasn't that he was bleeding ever. It was, but it was a, a sheer intimidation to get him to work, to get him to bust his right. ass. And it worked. He fucking passed. Now down the line, I, I we, we did actually become friends with this guy, and he did be, go to a unit. But at that time, you know, that's what the military to me was like. What do I, I, you could never do that now? That would not happen. But this guy would have cost lives if we wouldn't have got to, if we wouldn't have got him going, cause they weren't going to kick him out. He was going to his unit regardless. And well, there's, there's too much of that. There's here nowadays. There's too much of, uh, you know how dog trainers do this. There's some dog trainers out there that purely positive training, right? There's no need to, to give the dog any titration. There's no need to verbally titration or, you know, from the leash perspective, popping that dog, there's no, there's no need for it. Cause we can just do this with purely positive training. Well, here's the thing, your key moment, what you just said, well, there's lives being at stake here. So I need an 18 year old, 19 year old fire eater. Right. And he needs to do what I say when I yeah. say, uh, and, and you have to be able to be, he's like a, he's like a high power dog, high power dogs need Tritration. Yeah. They need levels of tritration, whether it comes from your mouth or it comes from a leash, a hand, whatever. They need, some of them need beat. I just do. And some young men, when they're being formed like that for a job, need to be. And they, 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 be they, the negative reinforcement. And uh, <clears throat> and to, to tell to, to like three kids, really, we, we were kids. All of us were kids at the time. Uh, it, it was, it was a difficult decision to, to make. It was like, what do we do? But we really felt that the onus, it wasn't no longer the drill sergeant's responsibility. It was like, okay, it's your guy's fucking responsibility because you guys are the ones that are going to go down range with this guy. I'm not, I'm going to stay here and train. Now this is the drill sergeant talking to us. And really it came across that way. And I am, I am completely happy with what we did. I, I am. I, I would, we'd do it again in a heartbeat. I, I, I would yeah. now, to say that to say that it turned us into these monsters killers that went out there and beat everybody that didn't do what we said. No, it didn't. It was that one time where we had to really have a, a train of conscious and be like, okay, how, how do we become good leaders here? And it's not necessarily you have to punch a guy in the mouth, but sometimes people need to be punched no. in the mouth. Sometimes, it, but it was 
you guys got to stop being easy and soft with, with sometimes and you got to buck up and you got to get hard with people. And it, it did turn me into, if I, I found a little hardness in my craw that I didn't have there. And I needed that because it did help me down the sure. line. And it helped me when somebody was chewing my ass out as a private battalion, getting spun, yeah. spun up. But um, in today's society, I, I, you, and especially in the military, I don't know. I don't think they do that anymore. I don't think you could even come close to doing that anymore without having a complete incident and having to get on Fox News or CNN. And, yeah, I don't know what uh, I, who knows now, you know, and even these kids got phones that, and who knows what they record when. Well, you can get phones I, I at your damn basic training that are recording. <clears throat> so but I, the moral of that story, guys, is that during those times, it, it was scary. And I can't even imagine the 80s. Seriously. That, that's crazy. Vietnam, drill instructors, hard as nails. But it did show because that's why you were a sergeant major in the unit. You're a tough son of a bitch. And, uh, and, and guys still respect the hell. And you're still funny. That's what's awesome is you still are fucking kind of. Well, you're a little, a little, you're a little. But you still have that sense of humor. But you also yeah. are the switch. You can turn that switch on and be fucking. All right, guys, let's, let's go fucking kick in some heads. And then turn that switch on. You know, when on. we. Well, yeah, well, we do classes. I still do classes for military guys, law enforcement agents. But military guys, you know, I'm, look, hey, look, I'm going to speak in colorful metaphors. I'm going to be hard on you at the same time. You know, we're, I'm going to build you up. You know, we're we're never going to we're never going to end on a bad yeah. note. You know, we're you know just we're going to have fun and we're going to be hard. And that's the way it is. So it's the way it should that, be for me, anyways. That, yeah, and that's dude. That hit the nail on the head because speaking back to that that gentleman in basic training that. That's what we did. It's really, we did. We tore him down that night and then all of us took him out and we PT'd with him every day for the next two yeah. weeks. So it was really firm, but fair. And, and, and I still remember, God, you just seen the smile on his face when he graduated. It was like, okay, maybe we did do the right thing. I still didn't know at the time. Now looking back, definitely we did the right thing. I know we did, but at that time. And there's, and there are stories though. And you know, this. there's kids that can take it too far and you got, you know, you as leaders to it, you're, uh, you know, as uh, leaders back in the in the battalion back in the day, or maybe group. I don't know if group did stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, they probably didn't, like the battalion does. Time. But yep. you, you know, you, as a junior leader, you just can't strap on a corporal and a ranger tab and and take somebody down to the laundry room. <laughs> you know, with their with a two quart canteen and their favorite CD and a towel and beat the crap out of them. You, you know, you got to be smart, right? Yeah. And I, I I ran into some kids that did some dumb stuff. You know. Meet me at the in the laundry room with your dress greens on and a gas mask. You know, uh, probably not. Probably not the greatest idea. <laughs> oh, oh, you know, so yeah. tab. Hey, you know what I wanted to ask you about though, just because you know you spoke about this earlier, you kind of gave the origin of the call sign Dutch. What what was like the reasoning behind it though? There's got to be a story behind that somewhere. Oh <laughs> yeah. So John Spizo, great friend of mine, uh, works the Grit uh, Athlete Podcast, and he does uh, leadership stuff all across the nation. Yeah, yeah so he's he, reached out to us. I, oh, okay, yep. cool. He's worked with um, he's worked with uh, major. Uh, I say major. He with NHL, and I don't know if he did any MLB teams, but I know he's worked with NHL teams okay. before. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he was my platoon sergeant at the time, and his favorite movie was The Predator. You see where this is going, anyone? Yeah. Uh, and and so the, me and another guy could imitate Schwarzenegger's voice pretty well. And the other you guy. do it for us now. Oh, uh, sure, I'll do it. The other guy was better. He was way better at it. But uh, when your platoon sergeant, and, you know, Chris knows this, and yeah. all, you, all you cats out there that know the Army know this, if a, if a ranger platoon sergeant tells you to do something, you, you do it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and a platoon is 40 men strong. We're standing there, 40 men in, in formation. 
And Spiza would say, Moyer, tell everyone to get to the top. <laughs> and, you know, at the position of attention, right? I'm like, get to the top. <laughs> you know? And this, this, so Dutch is Schwarzenegger's nickname in the show. And Dutch, he just kept calling me Dutch all the time. And, you know, so we'd have to just say, like, if it bleeds, you can bleed. You know, we'd, we'd say all kind of stuff. You know, he didn't kill you because you weren't armed, no sport. So we would say all kind of stuff. Like, anyways, long story short, when I make my jump to light speed and go to JSAW, mm-hmm. they tell me, you can't bring your nickname with you. I go, I'm happy to be here. I don't care what you call me. I just want to be <laughs> here your right, yeah. with the best possible people in the worst possible circumstances. You know, I, that's where I want to be. I want to be with the best. And but dudes that knew me before that got there before ah. knew me as Dutch, and dudes that knew me as Dutch came after me. Uh, I'll tell you, I got when you mentioned tough son of a bitch. All right, I'll give you one. So in '99, I got there in '99. In 2000, we were prepping for a mission in Bosnia Herzegovina for a Pifwick mission. Right, a Pifwick for you guys that don't know it, it's people indicted for war crimes. And we have this whole, you know, this, we know where this guy is. We think we do. We think he's going to drive here. And, and so we're going to use a device that you put on your rifle. It's a one-shot device on your rifle. The Israelis designed it. It's called a Simon device. The Simon device was a standoff breaching tool. It was designed to be a standoff breaching tool. So you can stand 25 meters away from a door, shoot this device out of your rifle. You had, you had to rechamber your rifle to go to work again. And then this this device was like a hollow-charged weapon, like a disc. It would fly into the door and blow the door up. So, standoff breaching device. Let's see how it works with a car. Okay, let's do that. And it was great. We never used it before, but it made complete sense. Hiding in the bushes, 25 meters away, shoot the car uh, wheel or the motor with this Simon device. And, oh, by the way, it worked. It worked just fine. Now, that being said, we take that knowledge and we go back up to the team room. We're prepping to go. And uh, word comes down for my team. Say, hey, look, if your team sees the vehicles, that means they've blown through the roadblocks and it's time to just eliminate everybody. I'm like, wow, that's that's easy. We'll just blow everybody up. (laughs) Yeah, so what are we going to do? So we're going to go down range. I'm going to test the same car we had before with Simon device, but this time we're going to shoot the A pillar or the B pillar to see what it does. We're going to put some targets inside the cab and see what it does to the the thing. This was an old Lincoln Continental. This is a big old car. And uh, so we go down there, we set it up. I shoot the Simon. It hits the B, hits the A pillar, and it shears the door skin off of it and smashes me in the face. Holy shit. How, clo- how close were you? I don't remember. <laughs> we, were, we were probably 20 meters or so, but we weren't at a shallow enough angle. Wow. That's still right? pretty far. Wow. Oh, wow. And sure. it comes back, it smashes me in the face. I break my neck. I break my jaw. I lost six. That's a, okay. I, that's how you, I didn't know that's how you, how you got it. And so wow. Simon became my nickname for a flash. <laughs> Make total sense, right? No, these nicknames, most of the time, these nicknames come from stupid shit. That's what I tell. That's what I tell Ian. I don't say that all the time. Any, you mean anybody that's called oh, yeah, Chainsaw yeah. or Bloodsport? He gave himself his own fucking nickname, and it's because he thinks he's Probably. cool. Everybody, everybody back in the or, day, yeah, or, or he cut himself with a chainsaw. Or he, yeah. <laughs> that's true. We can, yeah, exactly. say that. So, so everybody called me. Try to try to call me Simon, and it just didn't stick. And it just touched one out. So I'm I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I, that's I like science. That's pretty badass, though. 
How'd you get, get nicknamed Simon? I, I blew myself up. If you knew where it, it came from, it, right, that makes it, even more sense. If not, you think of the Saturday Night Live Mike Myers character, right? Simon, they called me Simon. Oh, I, I like to. Hope you guys are enjoying this episode. We certainly enjoyed conducting it. We went really long, as you could probably see from the length of this episode, but it was a great interview. Uh, and, and, you know, sometimes we go long and there's a lot of great well, and stories. He's a tremendous storyteller. Uh, but- he's just a great guy, gregarious guy. Yeah. And, and he's got, come on, he was, what, 28? Was it 26 years? I think it was 26 years. Is that he spent, but I mean, come on, he was Ranger, then he was at the unit, he was peacetime, then he was Global War on Terror. And, and then his experience with his, troop and what he saw when I was in Benghazi. I mean, he was watching it all go down. I mean, he, literally. Which we'll get, we'll yeah, get into, which, you know, because that's a little bit later on yeah. in the show. Uh, oh, shit, shit. But it was a great interview. Did I fuck that up? Did, do we need to redo that? No, okay, okay. fine. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I mean, that's what you guys have to look forward to. Uh, so, yeah, as, as we continue this, before we go any further, got to talk about Bub's Naturals. Bub's Naturals has been on with us for a long time. They give back 10% of all profits to the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation, which really helps out guys in the community, helps out families of special operations veterans. And uh, and as for the product itself, it's the best. Uh, collagen protein, single sourced. And uh, yeah, all their products are great, whether it's the apple cider vinegar gummies in terms of uh, helping with, um, with cleansing, also helping with appetite control, uh, their fountain of youth formula, their MCT oil. It's, it's all just great product. We love what they do. And that's why we've been with them for a long uh, time. Hey guys, it, this stuff works. The best collagen protein in in the world, <laughs> let alone the U S guys, it, it, it definitely has helped me and, and re regain my healthy lifestyle. It really has the, it's helped with my joints. It's helped with me putting muscle mass back on. And again, I, I appreciate this because I, I get when you're going through ulcerative colitis, Crohn's disease, inflammatory bowel disease, how awful it is and how hard it is to stay healthy and keep weight on um, without having to take prednisone, which which is terrible. You don't want to be on it. This stuff is the only protein, whether it's been collagen or whatever else, weight, anything that does not hurt my stomach and does not cause flare-ups. And just for that fact on its own, for all the inflammatory bowel disease havers, use it because it's going to help with your gut health. It's going to help rebuild your gut. It will, it does, but also you're getting the protein and you're able to get out there and get, get a workout in because your joints aren't hurting anymore. Tremendous stuff, guys. Preach bubs. And as I'll always be on bubs from here on out until, until I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm six feet under. Great company, great product, everything they have, and they give back to the Glendora Memorial Foundation, Bub, which you know, which in itself is tremendous as well. Yeah, even if someone you know who doesn't have any condition, there's there's certain types of times I've taken whey protein, and it definitely hasn't sat well with me. Not a good feeling. Never have those issues with Bub's Naturals. So bubsnaturals.com promo code Battleline for twenty percent off. Once again, bubsnaturals.com promo code Battleline. Also, I had to give a special shout out to coffee, to Guns Coffee Freedom because of what I was about to do. I accidentally, in our first read at one point, referred to them as Coffee Guns Freedom. And I, I think the reason so is because they sell coffee. So I think Did you really? I didn't even fun. catch that either. Yeah. Oh, so I, I did have to tell them. I said, hey, I will, uh, I will mention you guys again <laughs> and make sure that we get it right uh, on the second episode that we do with Dutch. So Guns Coffee and Freedom giving back one bag of coffee at a time. Guns Coffee and Freedom is a coffee and apparel company dedicated to giving back to the men and women in uniform who are willing to give so much for nothing in return. 
founded by a former police officer. Guns, Coffee, and Freedom strives to provide our nation's heroes, whether law enforcement, military, or first responder, with the opportunity to strive after their time of service. Whether it is medical assistance, financial assistance, mental health help, special adaptive equipment, entrepreneurial opportunities, or just help transitioning out of service to civilian life, Guns, Coffee, and Freedom will aid in connecting you with the right charity or foundation specific to your needs. By partnering with other law enforcement and veteran-owned companies, they're able to stimulate small American business and give back by donating 20% of all sales quarterly to various military or law enforcement charities who are dedicated to the same principles that the company was founded on. Although time and service may be over, the promise of camaraderie and service to others will forever be the guiding light in what they do. Try a bag of their award-winning veteran-roasted Moab, mother of all brews, dark roast coffee, which has all the flavor of a bold dark roast without the bitter aftertaste, or snag a super soft t-shirt or hoodie with designs aimed to show your dedication to the life you chose. Love their stuff. Love their mugs, their apparel. It's all great and great coffee. So you guys got to check it out. I'm a coffee connoisseur and I love that stuff. It is. I love dark roast too. But sometimes you do get those dark roasts that are, it almost taste like they're burnt. It's it's just it is that bitter taste and it doesn't have it. So I, I use an actual press, you know, but you can use it in a, in a drip as well. But the press, if you want to get the best taste of of any coffee, but particularly their coffee, use use a use a little press and uh, sit on on the deck on a Sunday and drink it and just enjoy yourself out there. It's tremendous stuff and, and it is again tremendous company. Uh, and uh, with his background in law enforcement, you know you. I, integrity. I, I believe, I believe his integrity is, is tremendous. And you know, I know it is. And yeah. he also helps saying they give back to the 14th hour foundation. They, they give some of their, their earnings to us, to, to my foundations, which says a lot about his character as well, but uh product's fantastic guys. Give it a try. And you will be extremely pleased with their coffee, especially that dark roast. And I'm going to get the website address right this time. I actually have it written wrong. I, that's my <laughs> mistake. So guys, gunscoffeefreedom.com, gunscoffeefreedom.com. Go there now, check it out. Now back to our interview. Uh, back, when you were back. talking about, you know, the JSOC in 2000, did that, did that then transfer to uh, doing that work during the war on terror in uh, 2001, post 2001? Yeah. So I was a pre- 9-11 baby mm-hmm. and a post 9-11 baby. So I got to see both. Um, did it now your question was, did it translate? Did, yeah, no, no. Well, well just did. I, I was just wondering if that's what you went on to do. And I'd love were, to hear. Were you part, were you part of the unit yeah. when you, when G, when G Watt started, were you a unit and you kept, you kept, cause before, yep. but you were a unit prior to that as well. So your unit during Bosnia. Yeah. I got yeah. there. I got there in 99. I got, I got you. 99. Got you. And, uh, did, <laughs> Yeah, I think the owners. But, um, I think the owners need some discipline. I, I, I do think. I think people would love to hear some of that. Those stories, though, of of going. I was over blessed to, to yeah. be there. First of all, right, I had a great career as a ranger. A great career coming up. I was very uh, fortunate and blessed to be there, and to be one uh, of the older guys over there. I was an older guy, and it was funny because you know when I was doing. Um, I'll give you another quick story. Yeah. When I was one of the last. One of the last things you do in training before you can become part of the organization itself is a like a hand to hand combat, free for all, uh, Lollapalooza, if you, you battle will. royal, man, battle royal. 
It's a it's a yep. battle royale. It's a really cool thing. And uh, I was and, you know, and you're much better uh, acquainted with the instructors now. You know, and, and you know, obviously the the element itself has an air of ambiguity sure. and and casual speak. You yeah. know, you don't. It's not the same as a Ranger Battalion where you're talking to everybody, Sergeant this and Sergeant that. You know, now it's uh, you know, yeah. Brian or dude, bro, how, how are you? And so I was talking to one of the senior instructors and I said, you know, I wanted to get his age and how long he'd been there. And he was just, he was younger than me, but he'd already been there for 10 years, you know? And I'm like, oh man, man, or seven years, whatever it was. But I was just thinking to myself, how far behind am I? I'm really far behind right now. Um, but I think a lot of those things helped me. I just, I, in the end, they look, they, they were what they yeah. were. So I was either going to deal with it or I wasn't. I think, uh, I wish I'd been there longer, of course, to have more longevity, but in the end, things worked out just fine. Now, um, I was also blessed to be part of the pre and then the post because there was an evolution of warfare. There was an evolution of some of the things that we did. Most of the men that were pre had never killed people face to face. They they didn't. They just didn't. It, the, the mission didn't have the mission to. Did, was, yeah, the mission did. It wasn't that they couldn't. It's just the mission didn't didn't require them. Of, of the, some of the old timers, yeah. maybe Panama or Grenada, <clears throat> just like maybe you saw in Ranger Battalion, sure. same kind of thing. But most of the guys through a period of time, um, there was no real close quarter battle. There was a lot of training. Sure. But there wasn't really a lot of that stuff. So, anyways, some of the training did evolve. Um, instead of doing four shots to the chest and a and a paper target, maybe you did two to the body, two to the head, or maybe you did straight to the face. Because yeah. we started doing that and started seeing. Well, guess what? You know, I'm going to stop the electricity right, right now. now. Yeah. There's no need. I'm a I'm a decent enough shooter. And oh, by the way, we shoot a lot, a lot, guys, a lot. Yeah. So yeah. we're good shooters. So why not just take that instead of shooting people in the easy chest? Let's start. What do you think? Because when we when we did pace. when we started doing it, is it just because it was an easier? Is that why? And my my opinion is is it was just an easier shot. Uh, uh, but I agree. Like when we train now, and I, I you mean the chest, the chest shots, or of course it's an easy. And shot. is that is that why it, the A zone? Right, it's the A, a zone. zone. It's the Ipsic A zone. But, right? Yeah, it's a, it's an easy shot. It is. Uh, but then when you're dealing with people that have armor, but no, not that we did a lot, but this stops the electricity. Right, right. And if you're using, look at the evolution of ammunition too, Ian. So now, uh, now better units use better ammunition before it, what was the, uh, what, what, what was it? Uh, just the, were you talking about the green tip? Just the, uh, yeah, it was eight, five, five. So was it, it was eight, five, was five, 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 green, tip. 55 grain is all it was. It was just, no, yeah, we didn't use 55, but. Yeah, but go back to the 855. So almost everybody used 855. 855 was, even today, right? If you go shopping for 556 ammunition, 855 is easy to find. I don't know how many rounds they made of that crap. Tons. But they make a lot of it. Uh, plus, it's got the steel yep. uh, steel core penetrator inside. Uh, it's not made for zapping people. It really isn't. Um, and so if you don't get this A-zone, if you're stressed or whatever, you don't get exactly the A-zone, that projectile may be going, right? It may be going through and not doing the damage that it needs yeah. to do. But I assure you, 855 in the in face, face stops the electricity. And <laughs> so that didn't matter. You know, even at, at 35 meters away and you got you have a, a target moving from left to right and you shoot this guy in the in the body somewhere, 
it, it can go straight through there, yeah. no problem. And he can make his way to the cache. Yeah. He can make his way to the RPG, the the PKM or whatever, and then do your friends some damage. So we they had an evolution of ammunition. A lot of guys were using the seventy seven grain open tip match, which was way better. Yeah. And now it's and now it's evolved into uh, seventy grain barns. Okay. Uh, so the, the triple shock <laughs> barns, which most people can find on the uh, on the open market today, it's a little different, I think for. For the top units, but the barns ammunition was the key. Wow. So you know, different close quarter battle ammunition. So, so that was. I hope I answered. No, no, that's that's perfect oh, because it, yeah. not just the tactics, but just the the equipment. The you know what what improved and and, and why because the unit is is what everybody bases their stuff on. If it, it doesn't. I don't care who you are. I, maybe maybe Dev Guru will say something different. But honestly, if you're a ranger, what's the unit using? All right, let's start. So you're you are the you sure. you are the you are the example. You are the guinea pigs, and then you are also the validation of what everybody else is going to do. Completely. So, so that's that's why you know I asked, like, because you're going to see it first. I'll see it when it trickles down, but you see it first, and you guys are making the decision. The delt unit is making the decision on what's good and what's not, and everybody else is pretty much. I don't think I've ever seen any unit say. Well, the unit's using that, but that sucks. So we're not going to do that. Well, I've never seen that's that. That's the good. Let's look. Let's, let's go to camouflage let's, for uh, an example. Oh, it's just. Can I just put on G? I mean, it's like Jesus. I think I'm just gonna cry. Can I? Can I get raw? Yeah, get here? raw. Cry get, precision. Get, cry precision. Caleb cry and those cats. Um, go ahead, man. Said here. Here's a here's a camouflage that we think you should use. So we test this camouflage over and over. My friends, yep. my personal friends, tested this camouflage and wrote a big report to everybody that's a big head and said, this is the best camouflage going on for all these different environments. Okay. And what did the army say? Oh, they're not, well, no, because no, that, that no. was it. Now it becomes, because later becomes contracts. It becomes, it, it becomes, who's, who's, cause, cause bureaucracy, right? Politicians yeah. and bureaucracies and money <clears throat> and lawyers and judges around the whole world. So all of a sudden the army went to this really crappy, Oh. Camouflage. What what they call that? Was it DC D- digital? Was it DCUs? Uh, was it uh, DCUs yeah. first? I mean, it switched so it's just like four times. They didn't but it, call it DCUs though, right? It, whatever it was the, called whatever the, I know what you're talking. Military yeah. combat uniform, the MCUs, MCUs. Or whatever it was called. Yeah. Was that it? Totally horrible. Horrible. To, I've, Everybody wore that. And it was shit. You wore it in the desert. You <laughs> wore it in the urban environments. It's a, what are you, an idiot? You know, but no. But but now what now what do they have? Honestly, I I, as far as they have quite precision, bro. Is that who? Back is that what the they're using? I mean, back, back to multicam. I, I just throw on honestly most. Of the, well, when I was got out, I wore jeans and fucking found a local shirt. I mean, that's what I was wearing. I'm like, fuck, fuck all this. I'm just wearing. What are they wearing? Well, he's fucking wearing. Yeah, um, but if you're in the big green machine, you, you got wear, Is you it is it cry that they got now? Cry and they finally. You know, what what's well, not cry? So I think there's a controversy over that too. It's it is multicam type of. Camouflage and everybody's wearing it. So, so they copied Cry, I, but they didn't want to pay. I think they, I think they ripped off yeah, Cry, but Cry's not crying for money. I think he's not hurting. No, nah, he, he's, he's good. But, but go ahead, I'm, go ahead, Ian. You know, you know what I was going to say is just when you're talking about you know these changes in in post pre nine eleven post nine eleven. I think the interesting thing to say for yourself though, when you're talking about your age, although you don't look your age genuinely. Is is you really you, doesn't you kind of you you kind of are an anomaly. I would say almost all the guys your age who served in special operations, you'll hear all these stories of I wish I could have been there during nine eleven, would have loved to have fought in the war on terror. You're really probably one of the last guys of that age group who who got to be And you gotta be in Bosnia. But, and you, I mean you really and you got the peacetime as I mean there's very many I didn't get 
I never got the bottom. Oh, just so oh I'm sorry. You blew your you blew your face up before. I got you. Okay. Well, you, anyway, but you were still during that whole entire time. There's a lot of guys that didn't get as many that didn't get how many years. And there's a lot of cats. I tell you what, though, it's funny, and I appreciate you saying that. Really, and I'm not trying to. Uh, there's a lot of cats that have. You know, I got like ten combat yeah, deployments. Yeah. I have like twelve, twelve combat deployments, but ten were really the, yeah. the working. Yeah. Uh, I got to be on the first. <clears throat> The first excursion in Afghanistan, uh, the first fight back. I mean, that's to me very important to me, and and it's I'm, I'm certainly proud of those moments and proud of the guys I was with, and and you know able, able to what the towers came down sure. September 11th. Our first strike back was October 17th. That's great. Um, and so you know when you see the the movie uh, Horse Soldiers, yeah. and they say they're the first, well. Not really, but that's but okay. they're the first known. They're the first, well, and the ODA. But I'm okay with. It. I'm okay with. It. But no, the point is, my point is, there are dudes <laughs> that I know that have like 26 combat deployments, 24. You know, tw- probably even more than that. It's crazy because they were Rangers beforehand. And then they, yeah, and then they they made their way up, and then man, they have a deployment after deployment after deployment, and it just, I mean, my heart goes out to them and their families yeah. and how difficult it is. I knew how difficult it was for. For the people around me to stay around me, so you yeah, know, it's just that's difficult. Well, even, even, very difficult. And and as someone with your experience, <clears throat> I'm just wondering, um, someone with your experience, uh, when we see the withdrawal from Afghanistan now, you know, yesterday Chris and I recorded a podcast, and so we're recording this in advance. Talked about the Ukraine situation. I'm just wondering, someone who's done as much as you have for as many decades. What do you think of the trajectory of everything? Whether it's the hasty withdrawal and now looking to go into other regions and possibly destabilize another country, a much bigger country, you know, as Chris that's, noted on the last show. It's a great question. I, I, I searched out uh, Dan Holloway and uh, the uh, Drinking Bros guys, and I said, yeah. dude, I want to talk about post-9-11 because here it is, just last September, all of a sudden, last at my birthday, and I remember September 11th, obviously, like it's yesterday, and I was the first guys. Uh, I was one of the first, you know, units to to go into Afghanistan. And now, all of a sudden, on September 11th, they're letting the Taliban have Afghanistan. That that is such a crushing blow to any kind of real American foreign policy and or yeah. This it, it, it's it was insanity, right? It's insane. Now we're get, there is more to be uncovered in this whole Ukraine thing. Yeah. This whole Ukraine thing is just it smells bad. It looks bad. It is bad. Ukraine's not a democracy by any means. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big fan of helping out Ukraine with boots on the ground, uh, no yeah. fly zones. I think that's all totally ridiculous. We're going to get into World War Three if we start flying F-15s over there and F-16s and and 35s or whatever we fly and zap MiG 29s. That's World War Three, bro. Yeah. That's totally ridiculous. That and then let's go all the way back to this conversation in the beginning. Leadership is what yeah. makes this crap happen right now, and it's bad leadership. It's been poor leadership from the beginning. Um, I, I've been so amazed at the horrible leadership that I've seen from the very beginning of this administration to right now. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like two years from now. I don't think the midterms can really stop everything that's happening. There is a steamroll effect that's going to just – it's gonna hurt. It's hurting everyone. It's hurting your kids. It's hurting my kids. Yeah. It's uh, hurting us. Sure, but I'm worried about yeah. my kids. Well, what kind of republic are they gonna have? Because 
America is not a democracy, by the way. It's a, yeah. it's a republic. And people don't know that either. They need to be reminded of it. But I, I'm, I'm afraid for them, completely uh, concerned for them. And I, and it's a funny thing. This whole, I'm going to Poland very soon. Uh, and I don't, know, I don't know, wonder if I'm going to see some friends of mine in the 82nd Airport that I trained. <laughs> but I'm going to go over there and I'm going to train some guys and I'm going to hang out and see what it's like. Awesome. And, uh, but God bless America, man. I'm very disappointed in the lack of leadership, lack of commonsensical sound yeah, leadership that has brought us to these points in uh, geopolitical. It is, it is common sense. It is. I, I, I equate it back. I said yesterday, you know, the administration and right now the president, he, he's, he's, a, he's acting like a bully is what he's doing. And he's doing a lot of talking. He's acting like that insecure bully that just lost. I just, Hey, you did when they invaded Ukraine, Brother, it's done. It's done. You lost it. There's no getting that back. It's done. Now you're going to go out there and talk a lot of talk a lot of crap and say, "Hey, we're going to overthrow you." It's, it's like that guy that that wants to that wants to fight. You. And he did, and he said that. I, I, Ian, Ian's my fact. Ian knows, <laughs> you know, saying that. Hey, hey, we're we're going to yeah, we're we yeah. need to over. You say, well, there. I don't know if you saw yesterday. I thought with the uh, this will be old news by yeah. the time people hear it. But I think it was. Uh, Wait, is it Peter Ducey, the one who asked? I don't know. It was I don't Ducey, call, but like, a woman before Ducey asked him the same questions. Yeah, so today's And he said, I never said that. And they're like, it's, it's camera. on camera. But he <laughs> said it. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the problem with it. It's like that dude at the bar talking shit. I'm going to kick your ass. I mean, and then when somebody finally calls a bluff, okay, now what do we do? And, and he's, he is talking shit right now. But this talking shit, it's going to get us into World War Three. I tried to explain to you, this isn't like we're going into overthrowing Iraq or, or, or invading Iraq or taking out Saddam or taking out Gaddafi or, or influencing in, in Egypt. This is a global power with more nukes than we have. You just don't go, you can't threaten these guy, this guy because yeah, we might win and we probably would, a, would a sustained fight, a conventional fight. We would, I, you can see because of their, their inability to even have the beans and bullets just to invade a country right next to them. But He's got that button that just says, okay, push it. World War Three, it's on. And Iraq didn't have that. Syria didn't have that. Libya didn't have that. Yemen didn't have that. And that's why I said, you just, you don't start talking shit out there and saying you're going to overthrow some dictator that's probably wired a little bit too tight as well and and think that there's not going to be repercussions. But you're you're right. You're, 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 what, what's affecting, it's going to affect my 17-year-old son. I don't... I would be honored if he says, yeah, dad, I want to join the army and go in the range battalion. But to say that I want him to go there right now, I, I really don't No, not right now, but I wouldn't tell him. No, I wouldn't say, no, don't do it. Granted he doesn't, he wants to work for the CIA. Thanks. For that. That's, <laughs> but, um, but still, it, 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 it's like, dad, I, and so, right, that's another story. But anyway, I, I completely agree, agree with you on this because it, as a whole it is that we got to do that second podcast about things. You got your experiences too, I'm sure. But um, it, it is. I completely agree with you. It's just tell him to steer away. From that. <laughs> I I am doing my best to stay neutral at this time because he still has four years of college and maybe he'll figure it out. <laughs> maybe he'll figure. It. But but bro, uh, that's that's your words and your your views because of because of your experience of course both peace time but also your ranking that you got up to you got to see a little bit by you got to see behind the curtain dude you were you, i mean you may start major i mean you may so you saw one of the of things i worry about chris one of the things uh ian and chris when i when i when the afghanistan debacle okay. happened i wondered how many sergeant majors were walking in the hallway going 
you're wrong. Do you sir. think they you're were? Wrong. Do you think they were just? I don't. You, I don't. Why do you? Why do you think, think that? Now? What What happened to that? I think it because I think it because so many people are worried about the NCOER and the OER one block. That's what I think. Now, again, I don't know this to be true, and it was. It's not fair for me to say it didn't happen. But I have friends that are commission officers of higher level and non-commission officers of higher level. I, I hope. I hope that I'm completely wrong, but I didn't hear about a lot of anger. I didn't hear a lot about, you know, I, you hear some, yeah. excuse me, some uh, Lieutenant co Commander or Lieutenant Colonel from the Marines who got, yeah. Yeah. you know, who, he was very open about it. Where were, where were the, where were the hardcore non-commissioned officers? Support, where were they? You're right. Yeah. Where you know, I, you completely, you're out of sight, out of mind. That's terrible about us in, in America, but that, that's true. You're right. It, no, no senior NCO came to his defense. And you would think that say, they so. were the ones that would have started it to begin with. And he would have come to their defense. And it, it, you're, you're exactly right. Let me tell you a story. You may remember this date because uh, it was a September 11th in 2012. <laughs> hmm. You may remember that date. Yeah, I have a recollection. Yeah. So, so I'm in that I got, I, I was alerted. Yes, I remember this particular yep. day. You were there. I wasn't. And then I go, so then they asked me the, you know, part of the, the national mission force gets alerted and sent there or sent somewhere yes. close uh, <clears throat> to you. And then, then uh, I, I have to, I'm, I'm all way out the army. So I'm leaving on the, uh, in 13, I'm leaving. Well, I left in May 13. So this is September. So I'm not far away from going. So I'm non-deployable, blah, blah, blah. So uh, somebody asks me to fill a job and I fill a job at the higher headquarters. And in that moment, my friend, I'm at the higher headquarters and someone says uh, a higher ranking commission officer says to me, or says openly, I hope the guy with the video gets busted because this whole video guy is just, he caused everything. And, and, I, and in the position that I was in, Chris, the position I was in is a no talking yeah. position. Yeah. I was, I was a conduit of information between my boss and this guy's boss. And that's all I was. And here though, I, I turned around to him and I said, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I said, it's got nothing to do with nothing. I said, if, if this, this was long before any pundit ever said anything, one thing about a video guy or whatever else. I said, that, that's crazy talk. I said, first of all, we live in a free country. That's number one. And two, I said, why are you, why are you even giving the enemy any more excuses than he already has? <laughs> or can we, can we stop talking about this video guy? Can we stop talking? This is not anything to do with it. And, and so here I was though, you know, E9 taking a chance because I was on the verge of getting out anyway, but I, and I wonder to myself sometimes if I would have been so vociferous if if I had you sure. know been gaining a troop or something later on. I don't I don't know, but I, I like to think I would I would be, but I was I was well, not I, happy. I, I, you know, and and so. this thing on the show we haven't got to you. you your 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 troop or your former troop was the one that I that I knew was we knew they were moving initially, and then it just went dark. So because I remember Boone coming to say, hey, he detached me. Delta's on its way. And then he walked back. This was right around 2 a.m. in the morning. It was after our first first counterattack at our place. And he and he come up to me 10 minutes later. He came back and he said, no, nah, they're 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 not coming now. It's like, OK, well, what happened? And then I, then I could I could tell you they were there. I, 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 Let's get into that, though, because I think just having you to talk about that is huge I, because there's still people who believe in 
the actual conspiracy that there was no one in the region. And, and that, that, so, oh, no, actually, no. just having having you to say that, that means that, a lot. So yeah, Mike go. Mike Glover's talked about yeah, this too, yeah, right? Yeah. He, yeah, he 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 was part of a SIF element that was closer to Star. And that's the the SIF guys, the commanders and extremist force. My those guys actually were the ambassadors. There was there was detail. When I was in Tripoli, they were actually his PSD unit, that 10 Special Forces group, that the SIF team. And this is what people don't, don't I don't know why we never talk about it. They had actually, when the ambassador was coming to, to Benghazi, they just moved them. They, the Department of Defense, SecDef, Panette at the time, whoever else, they took him away from the ambassador and they put them over in Croatia. So when they came over, me and Roan, you know, we're sitting in there. We're, we're thinking we're going home because we're supposed to go home. Roan comes up and he's talking to all of us. He's like, hey, yeah, the ambassador's coming. I'm like, oh, whoop-de-doo, another diplomat. I, I mean, ambassador's a great guy, but uh, 10, 10 years working around amb- diplomats, I could give a shit who, who it is. I don't care who you are. But it's like, okay, well, I want to go home. He's like, well, he's coming over with nobody but two State Department guys. And I'm like, where the fuck is 10th? Why aren't they moving? He's like, they're not in country. It's like, why the fuck are they not in country? That's his PSD. They weren't in country, but they were closer. They, they, they were. They moved to they Spain. Spain? They, they actually had moved him, and then they they did get on a bird, and they actually repositioned him to a forward base as soon as the attack happened. And then again, it went dark from them because that's when Boone come over and says, "Hey, hey, hey, Sif's coming." After he said Delta, it was like a it was like a thing for the next two hours. He came over to me tenth, and then he come back. No, they're they're not coming. Then he come, hey, the Mew. We had a Mew in the Mediterranean. We had a fast company in the Mediterranean, one in the Red Sea. He said, hey, the, the, hey, my boys are coming because Mo- Boone was a state platoon. He was a sniper. He's like, and they come out. They're not moving. And I and I did. I finally stopped him. Like, dude, I go, I just, you're breaking my fucking heart. Don't tell me anymore. I said, if it ain't, this is why we did put the Domino's pizza thing in the movie. Because I said, I did have a reference to it. I said, if it ain't Domino's pizza, brother, I don't want to know anymore. You're breaking my heart. And, and, um. It's just, a, you know, you, you got to find some humor in it all because it just seems so ludicrous when you think that we're Americans, we're working with a, a top tier agency, we're doing shit that we probably shouldn't be doing, but we're there under the auspice of the commander in chief and the secretary of state and SecDef and the speaker of the house and John McCain. You know, we're there because they want us there to move these weapons and to do whatever else. We got units all over the place. They want to come. The 555th Fighter Wing, we knew they were getting ready to. We called them, and they're down the road in, in Aviano. And then it all go dark. It was like, fuck. This is unbelievable. People would come to me and say, I'm so disgusted we couldn't do anything. And I said, no, don't, say, don't ever think we couldn't. We could. I said, we, we wouldn't. wouldn't. I said, these are, I said, you, those guys were hung out to dry, and those guys were hung out to dry because someone would not do it. Now, I said, there, you know, anyway, I tell you what, dude, I was in Beirut years later, yeah. years later. And uh, the guy, I'm driving around a guy. I'm driving around a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. And I, I'm, I'm driving around a guy, and he says, Do you really think we, you really think that the, you know, the SECDEF and the POTUS had something to do with that? I said, Dude, if, if I'm trying to fire at a missile at that guy, the HVT guy that, you know, we have to get approval. Yeah. You have to get approval. There, somebody asked his yeah. approval, and either he went back to bed, or he said, "Don't bother me," or he said, "No." I said, "This was never a, a this was never a case of 
couldn't do it. This was a case of wouldn't, wouldn't. do it. And because of the effects of politics <clears throat> and bureaucracy, yes, because of what we were doing there. Well, people seem to also forget he had just said terrorists were on the run. Al Qaeda is on the run. We got him on the corner. It just two weeks earlier. That's part of it. JV, They're JV team. JV team. Yeah, JV. But it, but he, we had also we were. I'll tell you, yeah, we, we were moving weapons. There were weapons because we were destabil. You were you were know what we're doing. And we're just destabilizing regions. This and that here. <laughs> just sorry, guys. I'm laughing because he's yelling at the dog. It's hilarious. I wish we had video right now. Yeah, he, he's, he's muting it. But, um, you guys don't hear it. You know, during that time frame. We were destabilizing region after region after region. I mean, and then shit, I go back to Yemen and I'm part of that quagmire where we had to, where the Marines are throwing their bolts out of their guns so we can just did him out of that. And we leave, you know, we leave billions of dollars worth of stuff there to get out of Sanaa, which that was a hell of an experience within itself as well, going back. To, but uh, Dutch, uh, guys, for all that, Dutch is one of the, the first guys that, to me, that actually came to me at least. And he, came, and he says, hey, I know what happened. I would, And then he told me who he was and- and I, I, I really appreciated that because at that time, people were too really from that were still in or just just uh, just uh, just uh, ETS out. They were too afraid to talk to us because they didn't know the big brothers. Look, Dutch was the first one. He said, hey, man, I know what happened. I'm sorry. You actually you Paul, I, I remember maybe I I remember you apologizing. And I mean, he said, it was not fuck you, not your fault because I knew the boys were coming. It just got shut down mid midstream. And that that's a haunting feeling to, to know everybody's coming and then not even to get a word that nobody's coming except from Boone, you know, Boone was kind of just guessing everything just went dark. It's like tr- crickets. Like what the fuck the world is coming. And then I mean, it just stopped. It just, it's it, tragic. It, tragic. It, it is. But I, but I, I, I that's why I, you know, I, I, cause he took a chance to even, I think, one of the first guys even took a chance to even just come up to me and say, Hey dude, sorry. I know you are sorry. And that was, that meant the world to me. Actually it was, I think it was at the max. It was, it was during some show. And I, I about, I don't know if you saw me, I walked back and I almost lost it. I, I was going to cry for everybody, but I was like, cause it made me feel like, well, that made me feel good. It was like, fuck. I'm so, glad. But that's all right. Okay, enough, enough dick sucking, Sergeant Major. Knock that shit off. All right, stop it. You're gonna make me cry. Cry on on audio. Make me <laughs> ill. But yeah, on your experience going forward, you know, you, you did it. And and I said, now you're one of the premier instructors. We're gonna get you and Dave. I'm getting you out here to Fort Scott, and you guys are gonna put on a class for these guys. Out, I, I, we're gonna happen. But um, how did how did you transition? And it probably was an extremely easy transition, but. No, I still haven't. But, so what? What you you finished? You had a you had a great career within the army, of course, tremendous career. What happened, and how did you just get into instructing, or did did you did you just say this is what I'm going to do, or did you just kind of just? Uh, no, it's good. Uh, valid questions, and, and it's part of my story, I guess, too. And and I'll, I'll start it by saying a dude just wrote me just the other day and said, "Hey, I heard this was kind of the life. It was." you know, PT and shooting and, and climbing or driving, and, you know, that's not, not if you're preparing for war. And I said, it's, I said, you're pretty much right. And I said, um, I missed it dearly. If I could go back, I would. Uh, I was in Alexander city, Alabama, just okay. recently teaching a bunch of SWAT guys and then some open enrollment students right after that. And somebody said, do you miss it? And I said, you have no idea how much I miss it. Yeah. You know, so, and I'm jaded now I'm jaded too, because when you're part of it, I was part of that organization for, well, since 99 to, to 13. So almost 12 years. 
in total um, where almost everyone wants to do a great job, where almost everyone, I mean, almost everyone to a person, whether it's the cook or the, uh, the woman who helps you with your law, uh, your, 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 what that, that helps what with, what with your, I say, say support the finance people. The, 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 the yeah, fine, the HR, HR exactly. folks, human uh, resource. Yeah, I mean it's everyone, right? Is that's why they comb and pick through people to be uh, to get the best people. of the best in every in every in every arena. It's best of the best. You really do, and it's I'm jaded. So, so I'm jaded in that respect. Um, when I left, I really didn't think that I was ever going to carry a rifle with me again. I said, uh, there's an old, there's a blues artist I really, really like a lot. His name's Joe Bonamassa. If your people have never heard of yep, Joe Bonamassa, he's from uh, Utica, New York. He's probably one of the greatest guitar players alive still. Arguably one of the best blues guitar player ever. And I'm a, I'm a big Eddie Trunk listener, and Eddie Eddie still has him on all the time. I, yeah. I mean, I, I love me some Joe, but um, he has a song called "Black Long Heartache," and it's really about the story is about a guy who's coal mining. Uh, coal yep. mining. And he carries his hammer, he quotes quotes this, it carries his hammer like keys to a jail. Carrying the hammers like keys to a jail. And so to me, for twenty, you know, for twenty-nine years, I carried my rifle like that, sort of like keys to jail. This is my life. This is all my life. This, you know, my rifle and my pistol especially in the last uh, large amount of time in my life, 26 years, was my life. And I thought, I'm never going to do this again. So I decided, and I have a love for off-roading machines and stuff, I decided I was going to open up an off-road shop. And I partnered with a guy who had 180 acres, and we did off-roading, and we built trucks and cars and ATVs. And I took my... uh, my Ford Raptor that I poured $160,000 into uh, to off-road events. And, you know, I learned my lesson, though. If you want to make $2 million, uh, sorry, if you want to make a million dollars in that uh, industry, you got to start off with million. That's how it works. And uh, It must have been a fun departure, though, to do something that I had a great time. I lost a lot of money. I spent a lot of money. Uh, I learned my lessons a lot of different ways. And then that's when... Uh, one of Chris's guys comes down and says, Hey, I have this opportunity. Well, I, I first got out of the army too. And I, and I, I was an armor salesman. I basically yeah. designed and made armor for diamondback tactical. Oh, that doesn't exist anymore. All the pieces from diamondback were, were in Spindale, North Carolina, tier okay. tactical rebought those. So Jason Beck has those all in Peoria uh, and tier is a great company. And I, I actually work with them. So long story short, uh, your guy came and said, any one of you cats interested in being a direct hire contractor, um, you know, to go to Erbil or to go to Sulaymaniya or to go to Yemen or to go to Beirut. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm in. So I carried my rifle around like keys to a jail again. And and now I just branched out into open enrollment. And, yes. and that's I. but I focus on law enforcement military, but I do a lot of open enrollment. Um, and this is my first year this year was my first year that I sat down with a partner of mine and made a a year calendar and nice. said this is where we're gonna be. And yeah, it's nice and all, but I'm already I'm already contacting people and saying See, canceling that course, yeah, canceling you, that one. I've learned that the hard way Nobody's with, with battle up. line and stuff. It's it's hard because with you can't schedule a year out because especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're doing other things, something will pop up and 
it's, it's hard to do. They do. And I think that we, we did a pretty good job, but it's funny when, <clears throat> like uh, I'm down, I'm at the sawmill. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, my shameless plug just for this one <laughs> second is I'm at the sawmill with a uh, hand-to-hand combat guy named Jason Kelly. And we're going to do a bunch of CQB and hand-to-hand nice. combat with uh, law enforcement agents, but no one signed up, you know, and it's come on, come on, come on. You got to sign up. Uh, but I understand everything is expensive. Ammo is expensive. Uh, gasoline's expensive. The travel. Um, I, I don't know exactly what's happening all uh, other than, uh, this this show will help me obviously get more exposure, and anytime I work with you guys, will be more exposure. But that's I think that's what's happening. Really, is just I just it's a little wow. bit at a time. I go back to Joe Bonamassa again when he first started. He he didn't have a label, yeah. right? He didn't have a sponsorship label, and his first concerts had like seven people in it. You know, I, well, it it doesn't help that I I think the firearms industry is being targeted on anything that yeah. you advertise on, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. Too. If if there's a gun, you know, it's just not going to get monetized, or you're not going to see Did- what you should. Um, yeah, it kind of sucks, but but you know what I'm wondering with the way that you describe that with the uh, with the lyric, do you at this point enjoy firearms instruction because that it sounds like early on this was a chore. This wasn't something and, and, you really wanted to do. You would have rather been doing off road. Well, okay, so his chore is his life, right? So that in, in the song like lyric, right? His chore is his life. Uh, he carries around like keys to a jail because that's his life. But I, I completely, I love teaching people. I love giving back, especially military law enforcement and selected Americans. You know, I love talking to people and saying, Hey, I, I like meeting people. I'm gregarious. I'm a mean, no, you're man. not. You're, let's, let's you're reserved, yeah. dude. You are an oh, introvert. Man. Fucking A. Look at you. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> uh, do, do you, what do you find more fulfilling? I, Cause teaching open enrollment, getting the new people in there and introducing them to the community and the two way community or going and teaching somebody who's like a law enforcement who's, or, or, doing uh, military that has held guns. I, I mean, I, I'll be on my opinion. I enjoy teaching the new person a lot more because they just soak it up. Not that I don't enjoy teaching tactical law enforcement, teaching SWAT, teaching anything, but I, I really do enjoy bringing new people in the community, just seeing their face light up when they lose the fear of, of a gun, of a firearm. But what, what- I, I, I like that. And I, I love your question because there's challenges. Yeah. Oh, in both. Yeah. There, there really is. There's challenges in both. You know, you got I had a, I recently had a, a, a student and, you know, the rifle was too heavy and I'm like, uh, you know, uh, and I'm like, uh, I can't, I can't help you. You know, I can't help you. <laughs> or, or, but I had a law enforcement guy a while back and, you know, I'm asking him to do a couple of things. And he said, Hey man, 30 years. Man. And I, I said, yeah, but your shot group like is like this. this. I need your shot group to be like this. And I said, if you listen to me, I may be able to help you. Look at uh, you. Look at and you're being thing, professional. Man. You're not fucking. That's all. There's challenges in both. There's the challenges in both. Ways. It, 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 you're spot on, brother. I, 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 I hit the nail on the head. You get the person that, yeah, that 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 doesn't want to learn because they know everything. But then you're right. Then you see the shot group, and it's, and that's standing still. That's not even moving to a position. That's just static shooting. That's just. You know, once you start, yeah, it's static. Once once you start the static thing, and you know, I'm trooping the line, talking to people, and I and I I sing my sang song pretty much the whole time. You know, I talk about silence, sure. like picture and your grip, and blah blah blah. Shooters ready up, shooters ready up. I'm back and forth, and then I see this guy, you know, holding his gun like this or something, you know, and I'm like, then I just stand next to him, and said, 
keep in mind, everybody, when you're doing this and that, you know, but I keep really, I'm saying it all yeah, yeah, to yeah. him, you know, and I keep going <laughs> on and on. And it still doesn't change anything, you know. But, <laughs> like, I can Fine. fine. Let's get, Horse, sure. water. You get, you get a drink. Good, man. What's your most, I didn't say favorite story. What's your best experience up to this point as, as an instructor, though? Where have you like, man, I walked off the day of two days of training, three days a day of training, and been like, Man, that person! Wow, they. I, I mean, I have mine from the, and it's usually from that person that's never shot before. Then you're like, "Holy crap, that was, that was fulfilling." I, I think I could. I hope I can sum up that with two stories. Oh yeah, can you hear good, me okay? go, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Do it, you're good. Sounded like it was gone or something. So, uh, one, there's a couple of different places in the country that I, I'm a repeat offender, and I love the folks <laughs> from uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. Awesome. Uh, I, I teach SWAT guys there, and I, I can't wait to go back again. Love them. Anyways. Um, and also with guys in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, I go back to that small community on occasion. And then when I was in, I was in San Marcos, uh, okay. Texas at the TTPOA like three years ago, maybe four. Okay. Uh, I can't remember. And a buddy of mine calls me and says, Hey, you might want to call this guy because he just had a shoot. And I said, okay, he's all good. Yeah. He goes, yeah, he's good to go. Give him a, give him a buzz. So I called him and he goes, he goes, Dutch. It happened just like you said it would. Dutch, the training went, the, the moment in time went just like training. You, we did exactly what you said. That's awesome. I zapped the bad guy. He's dead. We're alive. And I'm like, that, right, right? I'm getting goose flesh right now underneath this uh, shirt. But I'm, I'm telling you, that's all I need to hear. That's it. That's all I need to hear. If, if what I can teach you can save your life, yeah, I'm a happy awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, going back to a civilian. Um when I do the ball and dummy drill as a civilian, they I call it self-discovery for a pistol, and they don't understand it. When they get it, they understand that they're moving the gun sure. over and over again while they're pulling the trigger. Uh, or I, I love that part of the self-discovery when they go, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying now. Uh, or when uh, a shooter who's not as physically capable uh, maybe with yeah. a pistol, then we switch the rifle, and I'm like, hey, and they're worried. I don't. I never shot this rifle. I just bought it, you know. And, and I said, "Listen, you're going to be amazed how much better you yeah. are with a rifle than you are with a pistol." Yeah. And you know, to a regular audience, I'll say something you know off the cuff, like any bozo can shoot a rifle, right? Uh, but guess what? Rifles are they easy are. to shoot, man. And then <clears throat> this person had a great shot group and was like, "Wow, I can really shoot this rifle." Yes, you can. Just the confidence. You see their confidence uh, come. It's like, wow. And, and yeah, that's why I said. The rifle is just more forgiving. It's just for you. Hey, it is easier. It, 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 from closer distances on out, it, that longer barrel is going to stay tighter. The, 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 the bolt's going to stay fly straighter. It's, it's just more forgiving. And it's not going to, I told you, it's not going to kick. It's not going to kick. Oh, it's going to kick. No, I guarantee you, your little 365 is going to kick more than your, your AR-15 that you're shooting. Right. And, I, I feel the same way. It's like they get in there and it gets their confidence up. Then when I go back to pistol, they have more confidence and actually their pistol improves a bit because now they're not, mm. now they're not scared of, of screwing up. Like, I don't even know what it is. Maybe I should start with rifle. I, but I, most of the time I, I start actually, with I, I, I still start with, I start with pistol first too. In fact, class coming. Huh. Now you're doing, it's just, I, I'll come back at the end of the day. I'll say, grab your pistol. Let, let's, let's take it out and shoot it now. And they'll take it out and they'll press and they'll get, three or four good shots. And I'm like, good to go guys. Cause then that's at the end of the day, they can retire like Barry Sanders at the top of their game. 
instead of sitting the whole day where, you know, you guys will get tired out and you can be even good shooters when they start to get fatigued or they just, I'm done with the range today. You, you mentally check out oh, yeah. your shot. Oh yeah. That's, that's, that's a- so that's why I do it at the, at the end of the well, day with the pistols because they'll get two or three good shots and they can, you can leave them on a high note because it's the end of the day. You're, you're, you've already done all the day a rifle. Now we're just taking them out on their own. All right, let's see. Let's see your confidence. And I stand there, get your grip right, get your sight picture. Remember the fundamentals. Got it. Stance looks good. All right, press that trigger a bit and you'll two or three. And I'll do, of course, I'll do chest. Not going to go up here yet. Um, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. They'll do two or three good shots and see, you can do it. Now you just need to do this right, a thousand quick. more times. Now, now, now get off my, now get <laughs> off my range. And don't, don't, off my don't, range. don't ever come out. Now. But um, no, I, <laughs> so I, 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 I adhere and I say, everybody needs to go train with you. They need to go and they need not just, they need the dynamic aspect of it because Rangers unit guys, especially unit guys that were Rangers at one, they understand that dynamic is how it's going to be. They understand that before you even start to shoot, you're going to have to move to a position. It's, you don't just to get it, whether it's 30 miles or 20 feet, and then you're going to have to engage. And I loved your adage about the head. I do the same thing. And I actually, I learned that from the, honestly, from not even from battalion, it was from the agency. It was headshots, prefrontal cortex lobe, put that thing in that little fucking gearbox. And every, every drill that we do, it was, we're going to shoot down here. Fuck no, you're shooting the head. There's only two of you. What do you think you're, you're getting a sustained gunfight? No, you shoot the head. And I, I, Pop the it is. And that's, I'm, it's wonderful that you said it. It, it validates that maybe I'm doing something right every once in a while. That's just, I, I, I right. Um, uh, it, but this has been yeah. a solid interview, man. I was just, you know, we talked about a lot of things. This is the type of show where we learned a lot. I mean, we talked ranger indoctrination. Uh, we wait, wait, we, we have I got one. Any story in doc? I want one ranger in doc story because we didn't really get to a specific story. Like, so before we go, because we're, we're t- can we hold you about 10 more minutes? A little bit long. All oh, right. Yeah. All right. right. I'm in for another I, hour, but I'm, I have to break out some whiskey or something. But I, I, when we get the studio done and we start doing videos, we'll start doing whiskey. And and uh, but I want to end. Do you have an end doc story? Uh, anything that that just craziness that that I, everybody has one something or even a holdover story or you weren't recycled, right? You went straight through, right? Is that or were you holdover first? So I did rip um, twice. I yeah, say, which you said earlier. Yeah. So. I didn't say. I, I don't think I said it earlier. You go back. Basic training you did but, twice. Okay. Basic training you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's. What I didn't know you did yeah, rip yeah, twice. Yeah. No, yeah. what what happened, man? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the five mile oh. run. So this is this is my horrible story at the five mile run. Uh, so you're the opposite of Chris, who's a great runner. Uh, yeah. So I I passed the five mile run. Oh, it okay. was very hot in Fort Benning at the time, and we. What do you do when you f- grab a fallout? You, you, right? you circle you back, back and you go him. back and pick him up. Yeah. And this dude, I think his name was Dixon. I don't, I think his name was Dixon. He was badass. And we go back and get, we go back and get, now we're way past five miles, bro. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. we're all yeah. still together. Yep. And he is crushing us. And somewhere in there, I lost my mind. So I started, at, so I had a heat, I was a heat casualty. And 109-degree core wow. temperature, 107, 109. It was bad. Uh, I woke up, though. Uh, I was fighting people. I remember, like, fighting people, and then I woke up in, in a cold bath, 
And then I w- woke up in the uh, ambulance and then I woke up in the hospital room. That's all. That's really how I remember any of it. And uh, so I had to be recycled because of that. But uh, I, that's that. Now, you know what? I'm sorry. That was pre-ranger. That was pre-ranger. That, okay. Yeah. Pre-ranger. That was a pre-ranger. Yeah, that was pre-ranger. So a rip, a rip class. Um, I was, uh, <laughs> you laugh. Maybe you won't. Maybe <laughs> I was actually the uh, honor grad. At hey, Rip. I, I, the second time I went through, um, I was too. I, I was too. I was, and they. St- I went to Rip once. I just did one. Uh, Ranger, uh, sorry, Ranger uh, pre Ranger. Twice. Twice. Okay. Um, oh, okay. That's that's where I screwed. Right, up. You're screwed up your own. Well, he, dude, yeah, I, yeah. He is, he's seventy seven. Get cut him a fucking slack, dude. Give <laughs> him some slack, man. Um, I don't. I don't remember a whole lot of real crazy stories in, in Rip. I, I remember berating the dudes and saying trust but verify i was using ronald reagan <laughs> stuff you know nobody <laughs> the kids probably didn't know who ronald reagan was <laughs> um leaving leaving rip though and then getting the battalion this is this so this will dovetail i think i loved ranger history i like military history anyway if you look at my page it'll say you know uh, follow military history and stuff and i talk about military history all the time so I really dig it. I read it. I study it, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, the three new kids that go to second platoon BCO 175, they're all getting smoked in the hallway, right? We're getting smoked. We're, you know, we're counting the, the we're doing yep, the starburst yep, yep, yep. and yep. counting the tiles and all that <laughs> stuff you do, you know, you're getting smoked. And while they're smoking us, they're asking us Ranger history you're questions. You're good. You're, 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 right? you're fucking. I remember them all and I'm older. So I'm, my body's better. I am more sure. calm or something. I don't know who, whatever it was. And uh, Sergeant Micah Kyle, he's listening to all the E4 tabs smoke us. Right. And he comes out and he goes, what's your name? I said, uh, you know, Moyer, Chris Moyer, whatever it is. How come you know all the answers to the questions? I'm like, you know, now I'm confused, right? Because I <laughs> listened in school. <laughs> you feel like Forrest Gump uh, because you told me to. Yeah, you no, told me to? I don't know because they told me to. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, then we did some more getting smoked. And he goes, "How old are you?" I'm like, you know, I'm 27 or whatever it was. And he goes, "Come in here." So I let all the all the smoke. The guys got smoked. Continued. To, he brought me into his room and started interviewing me about my past history. And they found out that I was a soldier okay. once before, and and it just it. It was funny how that all worked out, but uh, yeah, I love the Ranger history, man. So of course, that's, I, oh, that, you know, it was I was lucky to know that's it. That's awesome. Uh, and Ranger so. School, we didn't even really we got to have him on again because we didn't even talk about Ranger School. And there's always Ranger School fun stuff. There's one really good story in Ranger School. Okay, we got we got. Wait, you want to save, you that save it or you want to tell tell right what now? What are you going to do? Will you leave the people? Are you, you going to have you going to have me a month like a month later? You're going to have me. Six Honestly, we will probably. I, you never probably, know, man. Well, no, it's so we, tough we, with how many well, how many guests we, we have. We usually go. A co- well, I'll tell you, and you can always edit it. Hey, all right, tell tell a, tell a story. Tell a story. Tell a story. Whatever you want to do. Then, then we got. Then, so then we'll go. I, then we'll go. Then we'll go. And we all know I got back. I got back to the Ranger Battalion. I went through Rip. Yeah. No, I didn't. Was not an import. I went through all the the hoops that normal kids do. A young E four tab, E four untabbed. Uh, but now, so because of my longevity, I was going to be an E five. Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't proven, you tabbed it. right? Yeah. Nor did I go to Ranger School. And hey, look, if you don't know this out there, you want to stay a leader in the Ranger Battalion, you have to go through the Army's Premier Leadership School, which is Ranger School. Period. You have to. Otherwise, you can't stay. And so Spizo again was my. Uh, but platoon sergeant and John C. Reed was the uh, the first sergeant, and somewhere in there, 
they made me go to the board. Before you're tapped, before you have your tap. Oh, wow. Correct. No, but, but I'm just going to the board. So I go to the board and they're like, okay, we want you to be a leader here. So we're going to send you to uh, pre-ranger. So they sent me to pre-ranger in the winter time. I wasn't promoted yet. I went to, uh, and I failed the 15 meter Holy swim. Shit. <laughs> and we just, yeah, man, we just had, who do you have We broke ice to get into the water. It was just <laughs> horrible. And I was honestly, and, I, and again, self-deprecation. I was a poor swimmer back then. Um, um, I'm not a great swimmer now, but I'm better, way better than I was. But anyways, so I've, I've finally fixed that. But before I do, now my promotion is due. So what, what yeah, do they what do? 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 I thought, like, you can't promote. Do, so they promote to, me. To sergeant? Oh, yeah. So I'm a sergeant in 175 Bico as an 11 series. Without you. With no tap. Oh. No one wanted to shake my hand. No way. <laughs> No, people would come right up to me and go walk away. They'd come up and walk away. They'd do the line and they walk what? walk away. Now, now as we continue the story, so now now I finally I finally make pre-ranger and I'm going to ranger school. Now, uh the back then, right? Yeah. We don't we don't, now what what where do they put the rank here? Right? Uh, at ranger school? No, 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 back in the oh. day. Uh, no, sorry. Nowadays rank is it's, in your it's, chest, Yeah, right? it's no longer up on your college, yeah. it's right here. Yeah, so it was up on my collar, and the square, right? It's fabric, and you're when you, you can go see to ranger that. school, you take all yeah, your rank you see, off. But you see, yes. but you can see, but yeah, you can, you can see, see the, the faded, faded rank. Yep, yep, yep. So, and the faded sergeant square is bigger than specialist cool. and PFC and blah blah. Yeah. So here I am. I'm in, I'm in the mountains, and this ranger instructor looks at me, and he goes, "Are you? Uh, you know, I was doing one of the patrols or whatever." And he goes, uh, "What are you, a communicator?" I said, "No, sir." And he goes. You're a medic. I go, no, Sharn. He did a small pause. He goes, Oh, you're him. <laughs> <laughs> you're the you're the one. I'm like, oh my God. I'm the one. Yeah, that's it's me, bro. I'm the guy. I'm the guy that got hired before he got the test. Because yep. you knew your platoon sergeant or somebody that had gone through that knew one of those RIs was calling you out saying, This guy has to pass. If he fucks up, let me know because we're bringing him back. And he's you knew you're you 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 didn't even know it that you were on the hot seat. If I didn't pass, I was gonna you're get fucking, fired. You're down the road, dude. man. You're going Yeah, there's no way. You're, you're, so, that's that's dude, that's an awesome story to end on. No, that is an awesome story to end on. Because uh, the humor. Uh, fucking A, dude. I'm like, you're, you're the, the one. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> this guy's gonna smoke me every day. I'm I'm doomed. I'm doomed. <laughs> no, they treated me fair. That's awesome. So um, well, this was yeah, definitely was. a great show. I mean, indicative of the fact that this does happen sometimes where we say, hey, we're going to wrap up. And we just keep like, going. going yeah, sorry. Because it was just, it was great. A lot of great stories. So Thanks, if you want to get trained by one of the best out there at Dutch Chris Moyer Actual on Instagram, oh, yeah. com. All of those links are yeah. in the description. Um, as always, guys, support our sponsors. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. And Within the next week or so, I think we're going to have video going. And we got to have Dutch back so you can see even at set. He did. He looks, he looks extremely good for his age. He looks. And thank you so much. Hey, five star reviews. If you guys are watching this thing and listening to this thing on Apple, five star yes. review. And if you don't do a five star review, you know, because, because for yourself, because you really thought it was good, just, just help us as men, uh, massage our ego. It helps, really does help helps everybody out, man. You know, five with, star with the thing is, as I kind of said, Instagram and Facebook, they've been limiting everything, but it's like I go on Apple and if we get enough reviews, 
people discover us. They listen to the Team House or Mike Ritland's podcast or any of those shows yeah. out there, and then they'll come across us and they'll discover us. Or, um, you know, there's so many. Clint Emerson's uh, escaped this podcast. And, yeah, I, we need more people discovering us. It's important. So, yeah, leave us those. And, and, and when you get your started, Dutch, and this you get your started, I, I know I, I'd be honored to come on it, man. So just tell it. In a heart. And, um, we got plenty to talk about. Oh, dude. And we, we do. We need to start. I've been thinking about this real heavy, the training side of house starting this. I don't know what we'd want to call it. The syndicate, you know, having battle line and Dave's group hide and yours and doing something where you're training with all of us, maybe at different venues. Maybe we come together and do a, a group one, but then, Hey, this is, and if you're signed up to do the syndicate training, you're getting a discount, but you're going here, then you're going to see Dutch and then here's mine. And I think that I, I've been trying to, trying okay. to brainstorm it how to do it, but I don't, I, I haven't figured it out. So, yet. Yeah. So what at Sawmill just had the gunfighter experience, you know, so they're, they bring like three instructors together to create what they call the gunfighter experience or whatever. I, yeah. I'm do the syndicate uh, experience or whatever you want to call it. I, I'm gunfighter. Yeah, man, I, I'm I, we call, I call it gunfighter. I have some of my courses are called just, I, so I, so I, I call them gunfighter. So they're gunfighter course. And that's the dynamic movement courses. But, um, I, there's a way to do it. I just haven't figured it out, but I, I know you have a spot down here and I'll tell the guys at Fort Scott and especially at Fort defense at the range, bro, they would love to have you come down here and teach a course. So I'll, I'll, I'll get it. I'll get them to Ryan. And, and I, I, I don't want high. I want Dave's guy. Cause I, I did Dave, Tim over there. I love that kid, man. I love who, who, uh, the young ranger that works with, with Dave over there. Um, I love the travel. I just got a new truck. So. <laughs> it's on his way, man. Now I'm going to get a trailer and I'm going to put some steel in there because I know so many ranges I go to locally, they don't have the steel that I want. So I'm going to, I'm going to get uh, a uh, partnership with Grizzly out awesome. there or somebody and, and get, get some uh, steel ready to go. Well, so. well, tell me, you shoot me a text, whatever you want me to promote, shoot me a text what you want and I'll, I'll get it out on my stories. Just you tell me, just text it to me and it's, it's gone, dude. I'll get it out on my Instagram. Awesome, bro. Careful with what you wish for. <laughs> you know, I'm going to help you out. I have been very blessed with what Thanks, takes place. Bro. Again, and you made a world of difference in a time when when people were really scared to talk to me because, and it made me feel, I just got me more angry. It really did. And it's like, it's like, fuck, you know, and, and it, not just because you said it, but because of who you were then and who you are now. But it's like, he knew what was going on and he actually campus. So thanks, buddy. So whatever you need, you but text right. me so I can get it. And I'll, I'll help you out if you want. And battle line will help you out as well. All right. Cool. Thanks, All right, brother. You. Take care, Dutch. Thanks, fellas. That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battle Line Podcast and on Twitter at Battle Line Pod. To sign up for future Battle Line tactical courses, go to www.christantoparanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never quit.